Welcome to the Fast Host Proactive Podcast, Spill the IT. Each episode, we'll sit down with some of the amazing proactive team and chat through their experiences of the ups and downs of IT infrastructure management in small businesses. There's always plenty to chat about. Welcome to the first episode of the Fast Host Proactive Podcast. I'm Charlotte, the host, and I have here with me Dan, the senior service owner from Proactive, Claire, the client success manager, and Frank, the head of commercial and product. Now, I could introduce you, but I think you guys will do a much better job than I will. So, Dan, would you like to go first? Yeah, so um, I'm Dan, uh, 20 plus years now experience within the IT industry. A lot of that has been within kind of technical development and some of that has been within IT operations. So Mm -hmm. I have been on both sides of the camp. I have provided, yeah, managed services across government, but also um, within the education sector, I have purchased managed services as well. That's going to give you a great grounding for being being proactive. Frank? Yeah, so I um, head up the product team um, at Fasthouse and Fasthouse Proactive. I'm on my second stint here. I did about eight years, a few years back, but I've worked for managed service providers in the interim, hence and part of the return really to uh, to lead the charge into uh, managed services for Fasthouse Proactive. Nice. Good sign that you came back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think so. Claire? I've been in the IT industry for 20-odd years, uh, in the last sort of 10, 15 years in the managed services industries. Before that, I was working in the customer service industries, so I've always been very involved with customer service Mm -hmm. and customer focus, so consequently why I'm in this job now. Excellent. I bet you have some great stories to share. I have some very good stories. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to hear some of them. So today, uh, in our first episode, because Proactive is all about being a managed service provider and particularly for SMBs. So what we wanted to talk about today was managed versus unmanaged services. So what's driving the trend for managed services for SMBs? I think previously a lot of SMBs just, well, a lot of businesses, not just SMBs, signed up to uh, web and cloud services. But we are seeing an increased move into those that managed service market, which probably previously was more thought of for larger companies. So when when you work with uh, smaller size businesses, what, what are the typical questions that they ask or the maybe the questions they don't ask would be a better better focus? So Dan, do you want to... I, th- I think there are there are a few points of confusion. To be honest, I think when you know when uh, customers looking for a managed service provider, I think they're the obvious ones. I think you know in terms about kind of how much is it going to cost me? Am mm-hmm. I going to understand that pricing model? They're going to have specific things that they're going to want to obtain as well. They might want to up their security game. They might want new functionality and be able to use new features, mm-hmm. you know, f- from the technology. I think there's also some really interesting ones around kind of data ownership and scalability, which are real points of kind of confusion for them. And they, they kind of, as they're taking these steps into this market, they're going to they're going to want to get those answers fairly quickly because mm. it's going to be really important to them. And do you find with something like data ownership that they probably don't think about it until it's a problem? Yeah, definitely. I think GDPR and the legislation has changed that slightly. So. But I still think it's a you know quite a confusing area, and you know when you're 
you know, moving to the cloud and you're moving stuff that perhaps you knew and you understood and was under your desk in a cupboard somewhere. Mm-hmm. And you're hen- essentially handing those kind of goods over to someone else and understanding what you're responsible for and what your managed service is responsible for is really important. No, that's good. And I guess, Frank, that from a technical point of view, that impacts the team in terms of, especially around questions they don't ask at the beginning. Would you agree? Well, I think we need to position ourselves as trusted advisors here. Um, a lot of these small businesses, they've kind of stumbled into where they've got to with their with their IT. And they're at a point typically where they need to know what comes next. They can employ someone and they can go down that route. But we think there's a better way, obviously, of, of how we could do that for them. Mm-hmm. These guys want to run their business. They want to be the best at, at what they can do. And that's what... Um, when we were looking at, at building this uh, this new brand at Fastos about managed services, you know that was the feedback we got. Those guys really want to focus on what they're good at, and we can focus for them on what we're good at. Mm. Um, and hopefully that'll work really well. And what are some of the challenges that they've had? I guess particularly as they grow. So you mentioned scalability, Dan. Um, mm. What are some of the challenges that they've had in that vein, in terms of how they've been impacted by? the technology? Um, I, I think it typically is an, an incident, I suppose, that, that brings them into that something needs to change. So mm-hmm. maybe um, they have a security incident where someone clicks on a link and it goes wrong, or they have a server crash or something like that. And, and, they're, and they're suddenly it's panic stations. And then they realize that they need to take better care of that side of the business if, if they're going to continue to grow. I, I used to do a lot of um, security um, in previous roles. And actually, the one thing I used to try and impress on our customers was I'd rather not be talking to you after something's happened. Mm. Let's talk about it up front. Let's understand what the risk is. We can manage some of that risk on your behalf, but typically <laughs> it wouldn't work that way. They'd, they'd get hacked. They'd get a breach. Mm. Um, we'd come in, we'd fix it, and then it would suddenly be, okay, Frank, where, <laughs> where do I sign? Um, yeah. and, and that's part of what hopefully we can get across to some of these smaller businesses of the importance of, of dealing with that head on and upfront. And I guess, Claire, from your perspective, you've probably seen the coal face in terms of things going wrong and, and maybe the impact of them not having the skills in-house because when things go wrong. I think that's it. And I think it could be um, that you've just got, they've got a one-man you know, IT department. Yeah. There's only a certain amount of knowledge that that person's got, whereas, you know, the, the managed services have a whole team. You have a team of specialists. You know, we, we can go to different people if, if one person doesn't know. And it's a big sort of like consultation with everybody as well. Mm-hmm. So it's very much having that security of, of having that team to look after it for you. And it's like Frank said, you know, let's get to the problem before it happens, not afterwards. And, and you know, and it's also that they're putting their one, if they've got one resource, they put it, that person is, you know, they can't do their current job. They have to focus on, on the job that's at hand, the incident, as Frank mm. was saying. So, yeah, it's very much using a big support team will help them. And I suppose as well, because one of the, I mean, obviously most people are aware of cost savings because that's quite tangible and it, it gives you a solid ROI. But there are other benefits too, aren't there, around time saving, which I guess is particularly important for, for an SMB. Yeah, I think it falls in partly with realising that those clients want to focus on what their business is there to do. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of clients, you know, managing an IT infrastructure, you know, managing security, as we've just talked about, isn't their bread and butter. Mm-hmm. And neither should it be either. You know, 
So one of the kind of the benefits to skew it that way about managed services is to take that pressure, to take that stress away from those businesses. Mm. You know, there's a huge amount of investment required in both kind of skills, knowledge, kits, and all, and all the rest of it required for that. And they need to focus on, you know, what they're selling, you know, their SaaS provision, you know, whichever markets that, that they're working in, really. So it's a bit about getting the value for them. You know, yeah. they, can, they can go out and recruit a techie type to do a bunch of specific tasks, 50, 60K a year, whatever, whatever that might be. And it's one person, it's a single mm-hmm. point of failure. It, you know, if they're off sick, what happens? They're doing a very specific role. The way that a managed service works is that you're obviously paying for a, an allocation of lots of pots of resource. So you've got the guys answering the phone, the guys in the background doing the patching, Claire as client success manager, problem management, all these tasks that we've been doing for our customers for the last 25 years is the expertise that we are now trying to offer out to to the wider SMB audience. So like I say, I think it's about about value and them getting that perceived mm. or otherwise value from a service or the alternatives. And, and it'll go in different ways. Some, some organisations, it, it might not be right to go for a managed service. And, you know, we mustn't forget that. Mm. Um, but again, I, I think back to the research that we, we did, I feel that there's certainly a, a massive amount of businesses out there that would rely on a service like this. Yeah, and I suppose as well, it's, you know, because when we were talking about skills a minute ago, for certain types of businesses, maybe the ones that are in a regulatory environment, such as finance or pharmaceutical, for example, they're going to have some quite niche requirements, I'm guessing, for how the technology is set up, maintained, defended. (laughs) Um, So I guess it gives them some access to those sort of quite niche skills at a much more cost-effective rate. I mentioned before, it's, it's about the managing risk. Mm. Re- regulation ones are, are a really interesting point, actually. We've, as a fast hosts um, customer of ours, they have a very, to win a certain bid that they were doing, they've got a certain set of requirements they need to, dare I say, tick boxes. Yeah. And we've gone through it with them and we've, we've understood what they are. We adhere to 99% of them and there's some small pieces that have gone on to make sure that the real nuanced... Um, things that, that we can help them with. But, you know, ultimately, I think these things, and I am oversimplifying it and dumbing it down a little bit by calling it tick box exercise, but that's ultimately what it is. And we need mm. to make sure that, you know, what the business owner wants is is almost a, a document that says you're certified against these things that I have to be certified. And we can provide that on a monthly basis. And the IT manager can go and give that to the CEO who goes, good job, yeah. Um you know, job done. And as I say, there's different routes to getting that sign off and that mm. managed risk and a managed service provider is one. Um, and obviously that's that's where our focus lies. I think having been in that IT manager role, you know, I see it from kind of both sides. So it's having having the piece of paper is one thing, but I think having the trust and building that relationship with your managed service provider, that the piece of paper is kind of secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, you're working because they are an extension to your team mm-hmm. ultimately. So, and if you're, you know, if you've gone for a perhaps a you know managed backup service, for example, or security scanning, you want to know that your managed service provider is doing that to a level of quality as an IT manager, where you can you, you're no longer having those sleepless nights, mm-hmm. right? So, I think. Definitely yes to the certifications and the pieces of paper, but also it's kind of from from those that are on the 
kind of more at the coal face and, and the physically worrying and stressing about some of those things, having building that relationship, having that trusted partner mm. is worth more than all the pieces of paper for me. Absolutely. And you can now see the bit between me and Dan now where I look at it from a higher level and Dan, <laughs> and Dan looks after the detail for me. That's why you're um, all on Exactly. <laughs> that was a perfect example of that. So, Claire, you must see that too, I guess, from how important is it to those companies to have someone that they can actively reach out to that we, you know, we oh, all that, that. It's tremendous. It, it, it's so important to them. You, you know, you are that point of contact um, mm. within their managed service provider and you know you're at an escalation point they can come to you you know you like um, Dan was actually saying it's entrusting confidence once they can trust you and they have confidence in you it changes the whole perspective on things you know mm. they can come to me you know with a problem or even just silly queries I can come internally get it sorted out you know you can arrange a discussion and that's what they want yeah. they want to know that no matter how small their question query is you know, they can come to you and you're going to help them out or yeah. you're going to answer the Because it's important to them, isn't it? Even oh, if absolutely. Mm. And, it, and it's all about communication and it's all about discussion and it's being trustworthy and open and very honest with them as well. Yeah. You know, they don't want people who are going to sort of make things up. Yeah. They want people who are just going to be very open and honest, yeah. you know, growing up about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what we will be doing here. Yeah, good. So I know we, when we were talking before in preparation for today, because I think a lot of this comes down to those perceptions that come from smaller businesses thinking managed service is just for big business. So what about managed service providers that may well be tied into particular technologies and platforms? You know, is that a concern that you come across? Yeah, definitely. I think because, you know, it is a, it's a, a significant investment. You know, and, and you're not just talking about the managed service layer at the top of that. You're talking about the infrastructure underneath. So if you've got a MSP that's going to tie you into the Microsofts, the Googles, the, the Amazons of this world, because of the way in which those ecosystems work, mm. it's really difficult to then move elsewhere. You know, and if you fall out with your, your MSP, but you're on a specific platform, have you then got to try and find a, an MSP that also services that same kind of platform requirement. Mm. Um, the way in which we look at it is much more from a kind of platform agnostic way. And going back to Claire's point about kind of transparency and being open with our customer, we're not doing cookie cutter solutions. You know, same customer comes along, we're not rolling out the same old solution that we've rolled, on, you know, rolled out to 100 customers before. Yeah. You know, we're, we're genuinely working with those customers the key is understanding their requirement. And that's not just their understanding their requirement at kind of day zero when they sign their contract. It's where are they going as a business? Mm -hmm. And what, what are the, the kind of the platform, what are the infrastructure requirements in order to help them ultimately achieve that goal? And what impacts those, the, the criteria? So what, what sort of requirements typically impact the criteria that you would use to put together something that's most, most suitable for that? customer so i i kind of look at it in a slightly um different way in that um i guess the caveat this is we have a lot of technical teams with that real detailed technical expertise i must stress that but i kind of look at it from what's the business challenge we're trying to solve here yeah so what is the thing you know dan said about keeping you up at night what's keeping you up at night and who does it impact in your business and what we're we trying to solve don't talk to me about technology you're a lawyer and the and the Secretaries are having a, a tough time with something um, because it keeps falling over. 
that's disaster because you know, they hold the power in, in a lot of them. We all know that, right? Mm. Um, so that's what we're trying to solve. Okay, let's understand what now, what technology is that hosted on? Now that makes sense. We've got somewhere to start from. Um, and I think the danger is if we start talking about platforms um, at the beginning, you know, the megabytes and gigabytes of this, that, and the other, we're losing the the purpose of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it's really important to me that, that what we are trying to do here is understanding those business challenges and solving those with technology, but that's only a small part of the equation, which is a really weird thing to say for a technology company. Mm. Um, but I, I, I do truly believe that that's how we'll succeed in this space. And do you find that the customers, let me frame that a little differently, do you find that there's a bit of education needed with companies to let them know what's out there? Because often you find companies just are busy accepting the status quo because they just think, oh, well, that's just how it works. I, I think one of the untapped pieces for an MSP to provide to to organisations is is innovation. Mm. And, and that, you know, going to Frank's point about that might be innovation regarding the direction in which they can take their business. That might be innovation related to the way in which they can utilise technology. But in terms of, in my list of things that I would mention about, you know, why an MSP mm. being being able to tap into innovation in a, in a with a group of people that kind of understand your business need, but are outside of your immediate team, I think really valuable. Um, as an example, when I was in the education sector, you know, we used our MSP to provide compute and storage and all that good stuff, brilliant. But we also used them to tap into where where certain markets were going, where certain technologies were going. And then so we could reflect back on, on our internal teams and say, okay, there might be an opportunity and we can use this to kind of benefit the education sector. So that's nice. just a little side thought there. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. And is that something you see on the client services side in terms of helping customers, not just with the immediate problem, but with like, oh. actually, there's a bigger issue here? No, absolutely. And it's all about that Dan was just saying about the future planning. You'd have conversations, we have service reviews with them, and you'd talk to them about products that you have and, and ways that they could actually um, help them. But also not only that, but they talk about what their future plans are. And you can say, well, actually, if you've got that for the future, maybe we could just set up a conversation. We can tell you about stuff that may actually help you and may improve things. It may make it a much easier transition into whatever they're going to do in the future. But mm. it's, it's all, and it's like I've said before, it's all about conversation. It's all about getting to understand, getting to know your customer mm. and for them to feel the trust within you to be able to do that as well. Yeah. And yeah, and that's good, isn't it? Because it's about that regular yeah. contact and sort of talking to real people, not just... Which is what is, is very important and is what we do. Yeah. And it's, it's a really good point, isn't it? Because we see in the news a lot about companies being compromised yep. and large organisations like the NHS, for example, mm -hmm. through ransomware and other incidents and security incidents. And I think it speaks to some of the skill stuff that we talked about earlier, which is how do you prepare for that sort of thing? Because those are quite niche skills and they're not cheap either. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as a smaller business, you're unlikely to have those people on staff and you don't really want to leave it until the worst happens. Again, it's about understanding that risk though, right? Yeah. It's going, look, I know that if I want Fort Knox, I have to spend more money than I've got. Yeah. Okay, it's not possible, I'm a small business. Yeah. So where do I go from here? Yeah. Um, and is it different layers of it? And, and we can explain what those layers are for a customer. Whereas 
there's a lot of learning that goes into that. Obviously, the wider team doing their research and doing their analysis and all these kind of things that go on in a in a bigger organisation that are dedicated to this kind of thing. Um, and and that's the difference. It's that knowledge. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's about us advising people correctly and treating it as a partnership. You know, we, there's all these services we're talking about are commodities or could be commodities, and it's we don't want to get involved in that that race at the bottom. This is about us adding value and yeah. and showing customers a better way of doing things and, yeah. and again I keep going back to managing risk but I think that's the, the real key point for me yeah, definitely yeah and mitigating risk you know mm. like and what's like you say what's the appropriate level of service I keep when you guys are talking I keep thinking I don't know if you remember that advert from about gosh 10 or 15 years ago I think now with Gordon Ramsay I think it was yeah, BT, BT and I mean, he yeah. was in the kitchen trying to reboot a server yeah. <laughs> trying to cook all the food yeah, it's yeah it, it's exactly that it's yeah um, he has not one care about what his computers are doing yeah. he's cooking yeah there's that's what we're here for that's where you want to be yeah. get on with their day job definitely well thank you all of you thank and you. um in episode two actually we're going to be re- revisiting the skills question particularly around security and and how that can be managed but thanks everyone and look forward to seeing you next time thank you thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcast or visit proactive.fasthost.co.uk for more info. See you next time.